Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 217 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> this episode <laughs> is sponsored by Kaylee Knapp. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Thank Kaylee. You, Kaylee. I like how you spell your name. Yeah, very appealing to the eye. Mm -hmm. Okay, so hear me out. (laughs) This chapter is really long. (laughs) 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 So we will be discussing part one of chapter seven of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the Slug Club. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to slime your way through the details. (laughs) But before we begin, we have some fun, really recent uh, Weekly Profit news. Yeah, I didn't know. Sorry, got stuff in my throat. I didn't think that um, the Harry Potter section at Warner Brothers Studio Tour Hollywood was enough to like make a whole episode about it. So I thought that we could just chat about it for a Weekly Profit. Yeah, there'll be a vlog about it, but we can for sure talk about it now, too. Yeah, so um, this happened yesterday morning. It feels like this morning. I'm literally really does confused. feel like it happened this morning. I can't believe that was yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Life is weird right now. Uh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really fun. It was smaller than I expected, but also maybe not because like I realized that it that it wasn't filmed in L.A. So they're not going to have a lot of the things that they have for the other shows and movies that are represented at the Hollywood studio tour. Um, so I appreciate that they brought something to Warner Brothers studio tour Hollywood, like to appease to Harry Potter fans, just because not everybody has the opportunity to go across the pond over to Leavesden, which is where like all yeah. of the sets and everything are. So it was still really cool because they like rebuilt. So basically they like rebuilt a handful of sets for you to experience. One of them was Harry's covered under the stairs, which I liked here better, even though it wasn't the actual one that was m- seen in the film it was really cool that you could actually go into it and sit on harry's bed since yeah. it isn't an actual set um it, it was, was cool just to, like you literally could go in it and like yeah. see storage boxes and like paint cans which is really like sad harry that he has a, a beanie that. baby in there i'm like he's <laughs> a true 90s kid it was um it was a blue it bear. was the blue teddy bear 
it was just like a standard, you know, like a standard teddy bear TY and it was like a light blue mm. and it didn't have it didn't have the little ribbon around its neck that most of them do, which I wonder if they just like, I'm gonna look it up. you know, took it off because, yeah, yeah, look it up. I need to know that bear's name. Yeah. Why didn't we look? It probably didn't um, have a tag. He's just like light blue and there was no like symbol on his chest. You know how a lot of the bears have symbols? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was just plain blue. But anyway, mm. I was like true 90s kid. He's got a beanie baby in here. Um, so that was cool. And like it even had the little like the little like toys that he plays with in the movie. The um, yeah, like the knights. And so that was neat because you actually got to go in it. Whereas at Leavesden, it's roped off and you can just take a picture of it because it's like the real set. <laughs> so they're not oh, going to let you go in there, the you know. Deal? So it was cool here that you got to go in it. And then they they did have some because like there's so many items that they made like so many duplicates of. So it's kind of cool that they can like send them around to different places and like still have them everywhere. So like they had one of Harry's acceptance letters, which was cool. They had a they had a pair of Harry's glasses. Um, they had a really cool. They had a really cool silicone. Um, thing of Dobby that was like used for like placement of him in the scenes and stuff like that. Dude, his toenails are almost as gross <clears throat> as Voldemort's. He even had little hairs on his head. It was really funny. <laughs> um, you know what? Yes, about the toes, because I feel like I have seen those real close before and thought that I wanted to vomit. Yeah, they were gross, man. I I did not look. I'm going to have to look at a picture that I took. Don't, because you'll dream about it. Save yourself. (laughs) Save yourself. But I'm so curious. Anyway. They're bad. They're bad. They did have a lot of really cool photo opportunities, which was one of the things that I thought was super fun there that they don't have it leaves in just because leaves in depends on the fact that like you're seeing the actual sets so like you take a picture in front of the real set and like that's the coolest photo opportunity that you're going to have which is true which is absolutely true but what was cool here is that they like created they created opportunities for you to like actually look like you're in a scene so yeah they had recreated the dursley's mantle and then they put all of these like and and it was all flat, but it like looked 3D once you took the picture, which was so bizarre and cool. Um, but there were letters that were just like all over the place and you were supposed to like look like you were trying to catch them like Harry, you know, how we always say he's not a Ravenclaw because there are a million around him and he couldn't catch one. They had a picture mm-hmm. of Dudley um, at, like as a boxer. I was like, check it out. Big D <laughs> made the show. Oh, my God. That was really funny. Um, what else do they have? Oh, you can take a picture like inside Newt's suitcase. That was really cool. Like you're peeking out of it. They like did a forced mm-hmm. perspective. So it looked like you're peeking out. That was the coolest room. I really liked the potions classroom. So that they, was cool too. So the potions classroom and they did a really legit job of like recreating this scene. Um, because Leavesden has the actual set and it looked really legit, except you got to like go into it. And you actually, you actually got to like make a potion. You had to follow the instructions. You had to like follow instructions and then it would like swirl and it would turn the right color if you did it right. Or it would like turn red if you did it wrong. Wait. Was so it that like, was really. It wasn't real potion-y potion <laughs> No, it was just like touch the ingredients in the right order and see if you do it. Mm-hmm. So. I want to brew yeah. like 
some real draft of the living death, you know? <laughs> right? Oh my god. Me too. What? I could use a nap. <laughs> but, then, but then they also had like a real cauldron from the set. They had some potion jars from the set. Filled? Yeah. It was gross, gross stuff. Yeah. One was like asphodel, I think. Um, powdered root of? Powdered root of asphodel. Jeez. Katie, talk about your favorite room. Uh, I really liked Newt's suitcase because you like went in there. You got to take your pictures if you're popping out of the suitcase, but like you literally went into like his shed that's within his suitcase. Mm-hmm. And it like had all his little like knickknacks and herbs and all the stuff that he has. And then the windows, the windows were so cool. would open and it would be a different um, landscape or what am I habitat. So like it would open and be like snow and then you'd see a demiguise and then it would open and like in the distance and a rumpet would come running over and it would get mm. really close to the window and like you could hear it sniffing. And there was one with moon calves, which I'm like obsessed with. It was really cool and looked really awesome. That was the moon calves were so cute. Okay, so there's this other part in Newt's room where like there's a book that's open and you like and it has all the different creatures listed. So you like touch the item that brings the creature to you and it will like appear on this big screen. Um, So like you would touch the the essence of the arumpant and then a rumpet would come like running on the screen at you and you could like move your finger on the book to like move the essence around and um and like the arumpet would follow it so that was really cool because it was like interactive yeah it was really neat and then there were two well they had they had a flying car which was really cool it was like hanging up above you and it was one of the ones that was um like really beat up from the whomping willow and they had a cool fact on there that said that they made 17 and a half cars for that scene <laughs> what that's cool yeah i thought that was neat i wonder what um, the half one like where that I was used. right I, I wonder if it was like when like the like headway's cage was thrown out and i almost called it Wormtail's cage i guess it's <laughs> i mean you're not wrong yeah maybe it's all the same maybe that yeah or like maybe a scene where they're actually up in the tree i don't yeah. know yeah um they had an interactive wand dueling thing with Paul Harris, who was the choreographer for wand dueling in the films. He like created dueling choreography and it was just like a video of him, like showing you how to do certain dueling moves and stuff, which was cool. Um, and then the last room was the herbology classroom. Oh yeah. And you could like pull a mandrake out and it would scream. Please everyone. <laughs> let's get a petition together for Meg to share the video that I took of her because it, <laughs> Is golden. <laughs> it has to do with her pulling a mandrake out. She did not have her earmuffs on. Oh, and they have a great, they have a little mini recreation of the Great Hall with a sorting hat, and the hat sorts you. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. But that, I mean, that, so it's like five rooms or something like that, um, which is really cool. And it's the very last part of the tour. But it was yeah. neat. I wish nice. that they would have had more like costumes and stuff, like actual costumes from the film they really only had in the gift shop they had harry and ron's quidditch costumes that was really it and they had so many costumes for like other tv shows and movies there that would have been cool to see more but 
they're probably just spread so thin because they do the Harry Potter the exhibition, which like travels, and they have leaves in, and they've given some stuff to like the <laughs> bless you. Bless they've you. given some stuff <laughs> to Harry Potter New York and to like the Wizarding Worlds and stuff. So I get it that it's like spread thin, but it would have been cool to see like at least a couple more. Agreed. It was a good time. I think it's worth doing. Yeah, I don't know sure. if I would necessarily like go back and do it again if they didn't add new things. Right. Um, but I'm glad that I did it once. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend if you've never done it to go and do it. For sure. It was interactive and cool. Have you guys been to Universal Studios Hollywood? No. No, we have not. You but I did that see it if you want. from the Warner Brothers Studio tour. Oh my I saw god, Hogwarts. that was so cool! It, it, Hogwarts is I literally talk like about it briefly on a hill. Well, I mean, I tried to be brief about the <laughs> studio tour, but you know, I was like, "Is this just an episode about your vacation?" <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> Do you want Universal Hollywood to be the weekly profit for the next episode? Sure, if you want it to be. There's literally not much to say. I Me, mean, you do you, sir. I heard it's small. It's smaller. Um, it's a lot of the same things. They it's have fine. Forbidden Journey, I mean, right? Yes. Do they have any other rides? I did not ride it. Um, I think they have Flight of the Hippogriff, but I don't know for sure. I didn't ride any rides. Oh, that's a lie. I rode their uh, Jurassic Park ride there. Um, but they got Butterbeer. It seems like they have more shops. We didn't go in any of them. Um, it looks like Ollivander's is way bigger, but there's a you have to wait to get into the store. So it was like a 45-minute wait, um, and I don't need wands. <laughs> but it looks... <laughs> the store looks much bigger, so, like, people aren't, like, crowding around. And it wasn't crazy busy anyways. Um but they also had room to move around. Yeah. Uh, and then I think that they have, so like, when you walk into Honey Dukes, is that what it's called? Yes. I think so. Um, Zonko's is like attached to it. So like they have like some of the. That's like when Wizarding World um, first opened. That's how it was in Orlando. Yep. That was cool. Yeah. So they have that. There was like another shop, I think, on the other side. We didn't go into it, though. And I forget what it was called, but like I don't think they have it down in Florida. Clearly, I'm very um, in the know about what's there. <laughs> they and Florida believe- did used to have Zonkos, and that was really cool. Yeah, but then when they yeah. brought Weasley Wizard Weasels over at Diagon Alley, they got rid of it. They got rid of it. Yeah. Mm. Um. They. It seemed that they might have the butterbeer ice cream. We didn't get it, but just like I think it's like right there. Um, they didn't have any ginger newts, which was dumb. <gasps> uh, but we did get a cauldron cake. We ate at the three broomsticks. It was very, very good. Um, we got butterbeer. They also have hot butterbeer. You could only get that, though, inside the leaky cauldron. Interesting. That's um, cool that they had it, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked yeah. it up, and you're correct. It's just Forbidden Journey and Flight of the Hippogriff. Yeah. I wonder, did they not have any room to make Diagon Alley? I mean, it's literally on a mountain. And, like, it's and we were at the studio tour and, like, looking up, and you could, like, see Hogwarts on top of a hill, and it was beautiful, but I was like, wow, they really, like, crammed it. Crammed this in here. 
I will say there are some parts um, where, like Tiffany had said about Diagon Alley, where like you're in Diagon Alley, like you see nothing else, but you're in there. There's parts where when you're there that you don't see anything else. So like behind where um, like the Jurassic World Park stuff would be in World, Mm -hmm. there's trees and everything else. So like you, it's just the castle. and there's some parts where like you really are just in it it is smaller it was fine we had a good time um my sister's friend said that he was underwhelmed i was like i could understand that Mm. kind of the park in general it didn't have a crazy a lot of stuff yeah um we did the studio tour there and it was significantly better than we expected like we got in line and no one like no one wanted to do it (laughs) once we were in line but we were already in line and no one was willing to be like Mm -hmm. i don't want to do it and then we went on it. I was like, oh, because it's an hour. We get down there. I'm like, well, what is the tour? They're like, I don't know. I don't know. We get down there. It's like an hour to it's 60 to 70 minutes. Um, and we're like, uh, are you sure you want to do it? And no one said anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. Um, we enjoyed it. Good. They made me go on the Jurassic Park ride, which was with all the right. one with Rexy. Or did they change it to Indominus Rex? Was it a white dinosaur or the regular T-Rex? No white dinosaur at all? No, but they did talk about the Indominus Rex. Okay. You didn't see it? Because, like, they have... Bridget, Bridget turned to me, I think, because they have, like... You know, the beginning of movie Or not movies, but, like, they'll have, like, little clips playing. So they have scientists talking about these um, animals. And then they had um, Chris Pratt and... What is her name? Who plays Claire? Yeah, uh, they Dice had them coming. She's like they die. Wait, she's like they really got them. I go, I can see their faces. I know they're talking. I called her Dice Brallis <laughs> Howard. <laughs> 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 That's certainly not her name. <laughs> oh, we had a good time. Yeah, I would say for us, like not even having a full day there was fine. Yeah. So. I yeah, that's what I've heard from Mario Land or whatever it's called. They're building that to see Hollywood too. Where on earth that's gonna go? Yeah. So like all the way at the bottom, that's where they had signs up for it. For what? And like you have to take giant escalators that are very steep. Interesting. There's like four of them. They're already expanding the park in Japan to having a Donkey Kong. I know it's gonna be so awesome. It looks amazing. I guarantee you Orlando will get Donkey Kong because Orlando or Universal has so much land to build that. I just want them to open up a Pokemon section because they signed an agreement in Japan. So I think that they will. I, I, they would be idiots if they didn't capitalize on having yeah. something with with Pokemon. My brain can't yeah. handle that. Katie sees a cast member in a Pikachu costume and just faints. <laughs> Pretty much. Just oh my gosh. Away. What if you got to meet Pikachu? Uh, that'd be awesome. I'll dress up as Pikachu. <laughs> right? I'll work there. I'll be Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. good profits, friends. Make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends because if you like us, they will too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. 
If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to the Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. And don't forget that until October 31st is the cutoff for the next swish swag box in January. And you just have to stay a patron from October 31st through January. If you'd like to send us your Potter stories, we're always accepting them. You can send those and any questions or concerns to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Well done. Well done. Well, Teddy joined us. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready? I am so happy. Get this one, because I bet you can. Recap. Recap. Don't forget to tell us the <laughs> recap. That was awesome. How spooky. <laughs> so spooky. Oh, if you don't know what that is, that's a haunted mansion. Hurry back. <laughs> when we rode that with Chris for the first time, when we got to that part, he was like, okay. Like, he was so freaked out. <laughs> don't forget to bring your death, death certificate. <laughs> he was seriously like, that is terrifying. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> it's uh, haunted mansion. Get over it. Uh, all right, recap. So we had the very uncomfortable and yet satisfyingly sassy conversation between the Malfoys and the trio. Uh, it finished up at Madame Malkin's. The poor lady had to deal with that. Uh, we got to visit Weasley Wizard Weezes for the first time. Fred and George are doing very well for themselves. But the trio slip away to follow Malfoy, who gave the slip to his mother into Nocturne Alley. Seems to be plotting something, guys. I don't know what it is. No spoilers. Seems to be. They're plotting rose bushes. <laughs> Very good, Meg. Oh, Tiffany. Last, yeah. like, last thing before we dive into this. The Haunted Mansion at Disneyland is actually an elevator in the stretching room. You actually go down. And I, I forgot that. about that. And I felt it. And I was like, oh, I forgot. We're actually like going down right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. Somebody just shared a, a stretching room gif and it made me think of it. I forgot about yeah. that, too. I learned about that on my documentaries. There's like, um, there's oh, yeah. And that like behind the rides or something like that. Yeah. There, so there's the Imagineering documentary. And then there's like behind the attraction. Um, there's like a whole episode. That one's a little cheesy, but it's still good. I yeah, I know. I think that I thought the same thing. Yeah, a little cheesy, but okay, kids. Let's talk about. I haven't done a summary yet. Oh, yeah, she hasn't. <laughs> Didn't last episode I f- tried to make you like not say your name? Like I tried, yeah. to, s- to like go in. Yes, I think you want me to go, <laughs> and honestly, I'm tired enough that you. My you notes are done. You guys can do me it. Go on without you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, so it's the last few weeks of break. Harry thinks, thinks, you know, thinks some more over what Malfoy could be doing. He comes to a conclusion. Death Eater. You know, they do their laundry. Fleur's planning her wedding. And then they leave to go back to school. And then Hermione, except that's not who I'm talking about. Harry's reminded <laughs> that, um, like, they aren't really friends with Ginny outside of, like, not that they're not friends, but, like, they don't hang out at school. And he's used to seeing her because he was with her all Ooh. summer long. Mm. Um, but then he sees 
Neville and Luna. And so he starts to catch up with them. So whilst his friends are doing their thing, he's going to do his thing. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that um, Harry and Jenny sang um, Summer Lovin'? No. Oh, my God. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, totally. <laughs> Did they have a blast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they had a blast this summer. Well, they don't have a blast next summer either, really. <laughs> no. Well, it depends on your definition of blast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you like being in the Wizarding World? Sure, it's been a blast. Okay. So Harry... Four things are blasting. Harry... His name is now Harry Ponder because he spent a lot of his time during the last week of the summer holiday pondering what Malfoy was doing in Nocturne Alley, a.k.a. the summary of this book. What is Malfoy doing? He was knocking and he was turning. What is Malfoy doing? And what the most disturbing thing to him was, was a look on Malfoy's face because nothing good could come from the look that he had when he was walking out of Borgen and Burks. And something that was annoying him was the fact that Ron and Hermione were both not as curious as he was about Malfoy and what he had been up to. And this lasted into the days after that they followed him and they were discussing it and they appeared to be bored with him. And it just reminds me, here's for your bingo cards, seven, in Deathly Hallows, when <laughs> Harry is all about um, the Hallows, and Ron and Hermione are like, no, Horcruxes. Katie. So, first of all, they should listen to Harry, because clearly he knows what's up, because he was right both those times. But it's just very, like, weird to me that usually Ron is so on bored with like anything Harry says especially having to do with Malfoy like usually Ron is the one to jump to Snape, accusing Snape's Draco doing first it. Malfoy is doing yeah, it yeah like he's always right behind Harry on it so it's just very strange to me that this wouldn't unless it's just like that well, outlandish of an idea but is it to him Katie, hold on know. though what has changed Katie oh he likes Hermione uh-huh. uh, yeah. All right. Never mind. That makes and plenty of sense I think, now. <laughs> I think that Hermione is so oftentimes correct that it mm. could be the, that he likes Hermione, but he's also using his judgment. Well, Hermione is saying this. She's right a lot of the times. I'm just going to go with it because, yeah, it does seem dumb. But he also has his own ideas as I go later into my part. Sarah, do you have something to say? I just... It seems it doesn't seem super far fetched that he would be a death eater. I so like, agree personally. The fact that they're like, it can't be. Blah. I, are you are you are you serious? Like, <laughs> I mean, he anyway. he for a long time, Voldemort. All the Death Eaters were were you know teenage dudes. I don't know if there were right? any ladies at that time, but like all of the guys. They were all teenagers when they started. Why wouldn't he take everybody that he could be on Team Voldemort? You know what I mean? Right. Or recruiting. Yeah. Well, and really, and this is kind of a mess. Not, it's a kind of a messed up thing where, like, if you think about it, if you take people young enough, young, impressionable kids, you can mold them how you want them right. to be instead of taking a grown adult and being like, we, this is what we're going to do and have someone, like, talk back. Not necessarily talk back, but, you know. Yeah. 
So, well, I get into more of that a little bit later. So Harry's annoyed because they're bored with this conversation. And so after discussing it a bajillion times, here's a quote from Hermione. Yes, I've already agreed it was fishy, Harry, said Hermione a little impatiently. She was sitting on the windowsill in Fred and George's room with her feet up on one of the cardboard boxes and had only grudgingly grudgingly looked up from her new copy of advanced rune translation but haven't we agreed that there could be a lot of explanations and it's like mm, i think that i don't know what are the lot of explanations like i genuinely don't understand what else it could be Like, I love her and I love how logical she is and she pieces things together. But this isn't like he's not a kid as a part of like a normal family. Like, literally. I I wonder if if it's her because, yes, Hermione is smart. She's very logical. But there's a lot of times she like overlooks things and like thinking about uh when they were first doing the Dumbledore's Armory stuff where like she th- thought that like oh the best place to go is here or when um like I, I just wonder if she's like kids wouldn't do something like this mm-hmm. kids wouldn't do something like this because maybe she wouldn't do something she like in this. denial then maybe a little bit I wouldn't say denial I think that she just doesn't think it's something that kids could do you know what I mean maybe yeah well like, like Voldemort wouldn't accept kids Voldemort wouldn't accept kids or the fact that a kid wouldn't maybe she doesn't genuinely doesn't think that a kid is capable of becoming a death eater and doing death eater stuff you know okay that's fair I could see that you know like she because she doesn't have that mindset of someone who would do that so to her it's mm-hmm. like why why, why? Yeah, how would anyone do that I think for her sometimes like she just can't understand other people's points of view sometimes I think like that's one thing you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we're she's very singularly focused on well i wouldn't do something like that so like why would someone else like one of those things where it's like well but like not everyone else is like you right and it's not necessarily like a horrible thing or anything but i think that's just a hermione thing do you know yeah i think that so i i like what Vinny just said how he thinks that maybe it's the history with malfoy like they're always wrong when they suspect him so why would they be right this time but i think that like what's different this time in my opinion, is the fact that his dad was just thrown in jail. So, like, I feel like, I feel like now that we, hold on, how am I trying to word this? So, like, in Chamber of Secrets, we know that it wasn't Malfoy, Draco, but it was Lucius. So, like, Mm -hmm. Now Mm. that Lucius isn't there, like, why wouldn't it make sense for Draco to, like, fill the role? You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. so I feel like anytime they've suspected Draco, it's usually been not direct involvement, but, like, family involvement. And now that, now that Lucius isn't at this moment in time there to fill that role, like, it would make sense for me to Draco to to take that on and feel like he has to fill his dad's shoes. Yeah. You know what I also think it is? It's a big underestimation of Draco Malfoy. I agree. Yeah. And I think that, I think that that's like partially 
what Draco struggles with so much this year, too, is that like he he knows he's not expected to complete this task. Right. I think he knows that he's expected to fail. And like he clearly has mm, he like needs help mentally a lot this year, I think, which is why Snape tries to be there. Um, but Draco like doesn't really allow for that help to happen because he doesn't want to be the person that he doesn't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, he wants to he wants to well, succeed. I, yeah, I wonder if that too goes back to a lot of times like <clears throat> men. It's like shown his weakness if they ask for help or they show emotions or you know there's someone else like even just admitting like I need help or I'm I'm admitting defeat in something mm-hmm. if that's just one of those things where like he's gonna be seen as less than because he asks for help you know yeah. yeah or maybe he's thinking in his head if he gets help with the mission maybe he's gonna be killed anyway yeah um i also really like what morgan just said in discord she said we we also have the perspective of knowing that malfoy was chosen as a revenge mechanism by voldemort from Ron and Hermione's perspectives, all they know is that Malfoy is some random bully in their school. Correct. I do think that they understand that he's more than just a random bully. But he is um, their bully. He's like their school nemesis. Like Right. Yeah. And, but but they don't necessarily they they don't understand Voldemort the way that obviously we do now because of how many times we've read these books and just like know um how he is as a villain or even like how Harry knows Voldemort, right? Like mm-hmm. Harry would, Harry doesn't see this as a weird concept because unfortunately he's connected to Voldemort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Would you say that we but know I liked Voldemort that perspective. intimately? <laughs> it's the Horcrux. Well. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you want to hear about advanced rune translation? Sure. No. It's a book. <laughs> By, oh goodness, Yuri Blyshin? Blyshin? Really quick, I'm sorry. I like, I really like how the author, like, has Hermione learn these skills that she knows that Ron and Harry aren't going to try to learn, but will help them in seven. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So this is like a little call out to like, what's going to be helpful next year? Um, yeah, so it's an elective course at Hogwarts, the study of ancient runes. You're welcome. That's knowledge. Thanks, Tiff. Knowledge is power. (laughs) Is it basic knowledge? Well, Megan has basic knowledge right now. I do. (laughs) I have pumpkin coffee in my midst. (laughs) Okay, so Ron attempts to puzzle it out and suggests that maybe he, being Malfoy, broke his hand of glory and maybe you know that's why he was at Borgen and Burks that day and he says this as he's like straightening out his broomstick twigs and dusting dirt off so he's like not really like paying that close attention I think he's just trying to diffuse Harry a little bit because we know how passionate Mr. Potter can get about certain things quote But what about when he said, don't forget to keep that one safe, asked Harry, for the upteenth time. That sounded to me like Borgen's got another one of the broken objects, and Malfoy wants both. 
And as we know through this reread, Harry is exactly on the correct track. And it's interesting because it's usually Hermione that's on the right track. And so these things just start to flip. But I also wanted to know about the term umpteenth because I have said it before and I'm like, where the... I never really understand what it's supposed to mean, but I use it all the time. For the umpteenth So knowledge me. (laughs) All right. Knowledge me. Okay, so according to Stack Exchange... Hey! (laughs) Umpteenth comes from (laughs) umpty, meaning an indefinite number... Etymetiology Online says umpty is derived from Morse code slang for dash, influenced by association with numerals such as 20, 30, etc. What is that one thing? Is it, it's not the umpty dance, right? Humpty dance. But that's what makes you think. Do the humpty hump. <laughs> Do the humpty hump. Do me, baby. So Ron and Hermione are literally not taking him seriously and him meaning Harry and Malfoy together. So Harry thinks that Malfoy wants to get revenge for his father being in Azkaban. And, you know, he's surely going to hear about all of this. But Ron doesn't think that there's anything that Malfoy can do about it. And Harry continues to be frustrated and says, that's the point he has no idea what Malfoy is capable of and they should take him seriously. And all of a sudden Harry stops talking and his eyes are fixed on the window and he's just staring and a startling thought comes into his brain. Hermione picks up on this and she goes, what's wrong? And her voice is riddled with anxiety. And Ron asks if it was his scar. So I wonder if this is kind of how Harry looks when he goes into those like uh, episodes, if you want to call it. I guess episode, yeah. Episode episodes, you know. And Harry flat out says he's a Death Eater. Harry be right. He's replaced his father as a Death Eater. Yeah. I was just thinking about the fact that, like, I feel like Ron and Hermione, like, kind of underestimate Draco, which is interesting because if you think about it, Harry being, like, almost like a parallel to him, Harry's done all this amazing things, like, magical-wise. So, like, why couldn't he be a Death Eater if Harry's doing all of these things? Like, what makes Malfoy's not a bad student. No, correct. Not at all. Like, think he made those buttons, you know, right. how many years ago? Like, and <laughs> just sounds he's funny. at you the made top of his. Buttons. Like, I think it's always said that he's like at the top of his class. You know what I mean? Not. I won't finish that statement. <laughs> I love you, but he's not a slacker, and uh, so I find I, that weird it's too. Interesting. It's like, like oh, like let. He can't he can't be a part of that. But like, look at what you're doing. You're a part of the opposition. Like you're a part of. Right. Um, you know, essentially like the resistance to that. So if you're doing it, why can't someone be doing the same thing? Just opposite, opposite of, you. of you. Yeah, I love that. It's a really good point. Really yeah, good point. it frustrates then, me how much they underestimate him. Well, I, we see how hard he tries later in this book in potions class because he wants to be airy and he doesn't do a bad job. Yeah. He's not doing a bad job. I'm sure he misses. Maybe Hermione is jealous. Maybe they have a romance going on. Is this why there's so (laughs) many Dramini fix? Probably. It's the whole enemies to lovers thing. That's definitely 
That's definitely like my trope. Yeah, we know. Yeah, <laughs> I too enjoy. Or just damaged men like Remus. <laughs> yeah, I, I love a damaged like someone character. fixing a damaged, a damaged man. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll never do it in real life. <laughs> no, thank you. you to- but I like reading about it. <laughs> correlation between people that have like anxiety and like liking the enemies to lover stroke because like they started the relationship like hating each other so you see the worst of that person and you grow to love them like despite of all of those things or you know because of all of those things. Yeah. Oh god. You guys are funny. Anyways so after he makes this bold statement there's a silence and then Ron erupts with laughter which I think sends Harry into more of a annoyed mode because like when you're totally he's completely serious about this and Ron laughs at him that's not a good move but I don't Ron doesn't mean any ill intent behind it obviously he's a young person that has to to learn through these things but he says Malfoy he's 16 Harry you think you know who would let Malfoy join it seems very unlikely, Harry, said Hermione in a repressive sort of voice. What makes you think? And then she kind of stops. So both of them, right off the bat, say, no way, this can't be true. But Harry is, like, piecing all of this together correctly in his head. And he truly, truly believes. So he throws some evidence their way. But, like, also, here's here's my question, too, is, like, what's the difference between the Death Eaters and the Order of the Phoenix? In my opinion, like, they're probably thinking Molly doesn't even want them in because they're under six or under 17. Where, like, to me, Voldemort doesn't care. Mm-mm. He'll take anybody willing to join his cause. He has no qualms about killing children. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, why are you, why, I don't, why are you shocked by this? Yeah. I, you guys I, are you have blinders on. I agree. Open your people. I agree. So Harry goes on with his evidence. He said, "Quote and Madame Malkins, she didn't touch him, but he yelled and jerked his arm away from her when she went to roll up his sleeve. It was his left arm. He's been branded with the dark mark." And then more reasoning. He showed Borgen something that they couldn't see, um, something that seriously scared Borgen, and just to show him like who he was dealing with, essentially you're dealing with me, which means that you're dealing with Voldemort. And so you guys already answered this question for me. I said, do you think that Ron is in any way correct? I feel like Malfoy is different because of his family and all, but do you think that if a random 16 year old wanted to join up, would Voldemort let him? And I yeah. say, yes. Yeah. I said he would go I, even younger. I find it very bizarre that they would automatically assume Voldemort wouldn't take anybody who wanted to be on his side. That just seems it, very weird to yes. me. But that's what, like, they're... But from their perspective, yeah. they're not letting... They didn't want kids under 17 in the Order of the Phoenix. So they're probably thinking, well, like, we wouldn't take them, but you guys aren't essentially the bad guys. It's, like, they don't care. They have no morals. They're right. underestim- they are underestimating Lord Voldemort as well. Yes. Boyfriend's yeah. got a lake full of people. It's probably full of a lot I of think kids, that, too. killed his dad. I think that dad. this book is the start of the reality of Voldemort. More Like, I know that we've... They know yes. he's dangerous, obviously. They've encountered him, unfortunately, numerous times leading up to this book. But I feel like this book is really like 
the knowledge is power in terms of like learning about Voldemort. Like they're they're really like gearing up for the search in seven and they don't even realize it. But like they just don't understand his knowledge is power. They just don't understand his complex complexity yet. But they're like getting there. Like Harry understands it because Harry lives it. You know, so like trying to convey that to Hermione and Ron is just going to take uh, take time. He doesn't fight it. He loses. <laughs> he does. Just like just like uh, Flossie Dickie. Flossie Dickie. Go live Flossie. like Flossie Dickie. Uh, well, don't live like her currently because she's dead. Oh, my so. goodness. I don't. I have a question to answer from it. Discord. I love it. Um, so Vinny says, "Wasn't Regulus a very young Death Eater?" Like basically, yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So he, I believe, how long was he a Death Eater for? It what was it a year? Because he died when he was eighteen. I think about a year. So I, mean, I guess Crouch do we Jr. know for too. sure? But I don't know. Oh yeah, Barty Crouch yeah. Jr. Barty too Crouch, was really young. How old was Barty Crouch Jr. Sauce? Got that on your wibbly wobbly? You said Barty Crouch Jr. too, and it sounded like Barty Crouch 2, like the second. Barty Crouch (laughs) Jr. The sequel. Um, I like like Morgan's question in the chat here. What if Harry was wrong in this situation? How would it change everyone's perspective on this section? I still think at this moment in time reading this, I would agree that Draco is a Death Eater. Yeah. I mean, that's where yeah. I was agreeing with Harry when I was reading this the first time. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah Draco's a freaking Death Eater, man. Yeah. Forget him. I hated Draco. And it's just now, it is what it is. I, now I like Draco. I mean, he's still I guess maybe damaged. like is a hard word. I appreciate Draco. <laughs> he's still a bigot, but he gets better. <laughs> I got better. It gets better. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But yeah, so we're all in agreement there. And Harry is annoyed, also sums up this book, and (laughs) convinced that he is correct, and he snatches up a pile of dirty Quidditch robes, and he leaves the room. He doesn't say anything after that. And I... mm, They need to, like, feel a little bad. Ron especially for how he reacted. Not nice. And... Mrs. Weasley has been asking them for days to do washing before they go anyway, so it's the perfect timing. And then he bumps into his future wife on the stairs, <laughs> and her laundry's all done. Does she tie his shoe for him? Shoelace. No. Literally the worst <laughs> scene in cinematic history. Ginny tying Harry's shoe. God. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's your turn. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It is my turn. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, are you done? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he runs into Jenny and she tells them to avoid the kitchen because there's a lot of phlegm around. And Harry just replies with a smile and says, I'll be careful not to slip in it. Ooh, a little flirting on the stairs. It's better than tying shoes. True. Shoelace. Uh, so Fleur is, in fact, in the kitchen in full-on planning mode for her and Bill's wedding. And man, this takes me back. They're a whole year out from the wedding, and she's in full-on planning mode thinking about bridesmaid dresses. And I'm just like, I'm glad that I don't have to do that again. <laughs> Amen. Um, and so she's talking about how her and Bill have decided they're only going to have two bridesmaids, and it's going to be Ginny and Gabrielle. 
That's cute. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Because we had a lot. Not that I would like want to take anybody out. Well. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about right. me. No, <laughs> it is absolutely not you. <laughs> no, it's family and they don't listen to this podcast. So whatever. That you um, know of. And she's thinking of dressing them in pale gold because pink would clash with Ginny's hair. And I find this kind. She wants to make sure that Ginny looks good. I don't know why, like, it came across in the book as, like, an annoying thing that she said. Is, is that why Mrs. Weasley's like, I think so. Whatever? And I'm like, I she's odd. So, yeah, like, I was like, just, she's just, she just looking out help. for Ginny. Uh, yeah, I don't. It, it annoyed I me. Know. I was like, gold yeah, would look beautiful with Ginny's hair. I also wonder, when this book was written, there was like a huge thing back in the day where it was like a thing for brides to make sure that no one looked better than them. They wanted their bridesmaids. I've heard this before. Oh. Like, they can't look better than me. Or like, That's rude. How about everybody looks their best? Like, I... I my thing is, you're going to have these pictures to look back on for the rest of your life if you you want everyone to look yeah. their best. Yes. So put them in a color that complements them. That's good on them. Yeah. Um, I will tell everyone that there was a time in Megan and Katie's fiance-ness where they picked orange and brown for their <laughs> bridesmaids' colors. And had that I gone to fruition, I would that. have put a smile on my face <laughs> and walked down the aisle looking like a Browns fan. I genuinely <laughs> do not know why we I don't either. Why we wanted that. I, That's I have no so bad. Idea. And she's like, and I'm I don't know if this is like necessarily a negative thing, but I, I've been in a lot of weddings, but they'll be like my one friend, she's like, well pick pick the color I should do. I'm like, I'm not picking your color for you. <laughs> you pick whatever color. I'm happy with the color that I we ended up picking. Aisle. I don't care. I, I still like, like that on color. everybody. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, the only one, the very first wedding I was in, it was bright, not bright pink, but it was pink. I think maybe like like orange and brown, like you say orange and brown and I very much just think browns, but I think that it had certain tones to it that would have made it look okay. Sure. I don't look at either (laughs) one of those colors, but that's fine. I'm just trying to like think through my mind process of like, why did I say that? But I like our They were like Cinderella. Oh no, Wizarding World maybe? I don't remember which one you were going for yet at the time. They seem autumn-y. Did you pick the blue because it was Cinderella-ish is what you told me. I do like the blue. Yeah. But anyway. I thought that that looked really good. But like, that's just a thing that like, I think it's a, a nice thing to do. And even now, a lot of times, wedding like brides will just be like, just wear a dress. I don't care what you what it is. Um, and I, I think that back in the day, it was like a thing to make your bridesmaids yeah. not look. That's cute, annoying. Which I think is garbage. Yeah. So they should be comfortable I, and they should be good looking. Yeah. Not good looking, but like look their best because you have to look at the pictures for the rest of your life. And I and I like I really love that Fleur was. She was trying to make Jenny look good. Yeah. So anyway, I liked that. And I also like the idea of pale gold dresses. I think that sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't know if I'd look good on my skin tone, but. I think it would depend on the color of your hair at the time. Because you never know what your hair is going to look like. (laughs) That's true. That's That's semi-true. I think most of the weddings I've been in have had blonde in my hair. Except for Maya's. I was brunette. Were you blonde for mine? 
No, I was brunette for yeah. yours, but you and Maya got married within six months of each other, I think. Mm. I could be lying, but I think that's true. Anyway, back to Potter. Uh, where am I? Okay. So Mrs. Weasley cuts Fleur off and like interjects and says to Harry, I wanted to explain about the security arrangements for the journey to Hogwarts tomorrow. We've got ministry cars and there will be oars waiting at the station. Big um, time. What? Say Big goodbye time. to that soon. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Harry is hopeful that maybe Tonks will be one of the Aurors, but Mrs. Weasley says no, she doesn't think so because Tonks has been stationed elsewhere, which we know is Hogwarts, so that's cool. Or actually, it's Hogsmeade, isn't it? Anyway. I think so, yeah. Whatever. So Same difference. Same thing. Um, and then Fleur interjects and is a little snooty and says she has let herself go, that Tonks. A big mistake, if you ask. And Mrs. Weasley cuts her off again because we know Mrs. Weasley and Tonks have a friendship going on right here. They tight. She knows what's up. They tight. And maybe she's just saying that because you shouldn't let yourself go because of a man. Like, don't be upset about men. I think that I think that (laughs) I wonder what the finished thought would have been of Fleur because she says a big mistake if you ask. And then, like, she could have explained what that mistake was. Like, could it have been a dig at Remus? Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? No, I think I think for her it would be more like she's got a lot to offer kind of a thing. Where It could have been, like, yeah, a kind of thing a that time, she's trying like, to say. Like, the man that she's in love with is being a Richard. I think it was going to be about, like, the big, a big mistake if you ask me because she's... I don't know. She's worth more than letting herself feel so down. See, that's like, I wish that we could have like heard the rest of her thoughts because again, we're like the author is, I know not like her. I know. Like the author is perpetuating this hatred towards Fleur, which is the, which I think is garbage. I hate the whole like women against women thing. Don't do that. Honestly, I think, and you know, I'm not one to side with the author. But what I think and what I hope the author does with this is teaches the reader a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, as many mm-hmm. lessons are taught within this book, m- the biggest lesson that I have pulled out as my adult self is the lesson about media. Um, but like just seeing a person for who they truly are, not what other people say about them and what other people think about them and not joining in on that bashing train. Like I can remember growing up and the girl, like your friends would like talk about other girls and just like hate on them. And it was just something that happened when I was growing up. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that has been around that, but like, then you get to see who she really is, especially at the end of this book when she finally has enough of what Molly is doing and snatches the rag from her hand. And she's the person that cleans Bill's rooms wounds. And was like, what you think he won't love me because he's changing into this. Like she totally flips it on her because that's who she really is. Like she loves Bill for who he is. And that love is true and pure. And it's wrong to think about people superficially or make judgments upon them without actually knowing who they really are. And just because Mm -hmm. she is beautiful and keeps herself up and, and all of that, like I feel like there's some rooted jealousy in there 
And of course, that's like a natural thing for people to feel. But natural or not, we need to grow and learn from that and get rid of that as a society, because I feel like that's how we were brought up, at least for me, like just hating on other women for being pretty. And it's like, no, you need to be building them up. And, and yeah. listen, I'm going to keep going because we see all these things with, let's talk about Adele for a second, because we're talking about superficial things in the way people look. When Adele first came out into like the singing scene and people started to notice her, people ragged on her for how she looked. She made some changes and I would assume did what she wanted to do and her body changed. People are hating on her still for that. Exactly. Like, can't what, win. Well, and like what I love, I will say this about Adele. I have loved her. She's gorgeous. Yes. Um, no, no matter what she but is. Like, I also appreciate the fact cause she like came out and said to people, she's like, I work. she works out a lot. She's like, and has nothing to do with losing weight. She goes, it's because I have anxiety and she goes, and that's what helps me. Yeah. And she Feel also that. is like, unrealistically, mm-hmm. she goes, I, I know it's not realistic for how much she works out for like, everybody to be able to do that yeah um but like i like that she keeps it real but and she literally does not care what people think it's just also i also freaking talented what do you want from people not to just like they're gonna hate on you no matter what be expected to bring this up but also taylor swift like her how she's how she is (laughs) teddy's distracting me um (laughs) how she's treated like through the media and everything and I and I truly think it's just because she's a woman, like mm-hmm. because she writes songs yeah. about relationships. Teddy, that looks dangerous, dude. You're going to fall, oh, buddy. Anyway, um, because she writes songs about relationships and because she had, you know, I don't know, more than two boyfriends. She is. J- <laughs> Word. I knew that was gonna happen. I what if what fell? Happened. All Wands. of our ones. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you ran away. The door. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> so because she, you know, I, I think to like popular male artists such as like Ed Sheeran and John Mayer, they've had numerous girlfriends. Maybe even more bo- more than what Taylor Swift has had, and nobody criticizes f- them for their writing. And people, you know, people hate that Taylor Swift stands up for herself and that she changed the music industry in terms of like how artists get paid for how artists get paid for their work, and they're like, "Oh, she's greedy." And I'm like, "You don't think that." artists should get paid for streams like are you just saying this because she is a successful woman and wanted the money that she deserves or like Mm -hmm. you know this whole thing she's doing with her re-records they're like calling her petty and i'm like no she's just bringing light to an industry that has a lot of issues well it's mind-blowing to me and she's not the only person that this has happened to that she doesn't own her own songs that she wrote yep. like barely yeah. blowing to me so wild right like speak now she is literally the only writer on the entirety of the album speak now and she doesn't own those songs absolutely insane so um. anyway i feel like i i wanted to go back in the chat because morgan is like 
bringing it today with thoughts <laughs> in the chat. I'm just saying. She said, I also think the author is just perpetuating toxic masculinity culture in the perspective of women. Half-Blood Prince is where it's the most obvious. And I agree. Yes. I mean, yeah. She herself, obviously, these are written by her, mm-hmm. and she puts her own life experience experiences into these novels yeah and sometimes it's it's like sometimes it's not great frustrating yeah i think that now learning more about the author unfortunately in the past couple of years reading these books again knowing her perspectives on things i can see it in the books and it's frustrating Mm -hmm. um so I guess the best thing to do is just like talk about it and say that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, we were all brought up. I mean, she was brought up in a different time. We were brought up in a different time, but very different time than what's happening right now. And it's like, just because you were brought up that way doesn't, doesn't mean you can't change. Right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you absolutely can change. Yeah, but you have to work at it. It's not going to happen by magic. Well, then I don't want it. Well, you know. <laughs> I don't even remember where I am. You're right Let's here. Oh, okay. I got you, boo. Thank you. Um, so then Fleur, as she's saying this, she is supposedly examining her own reflection in the back of a teaspoon. Um, and I, I, I just put in here, I was like, I wonder if she really was, or is that just like Harry's perception? I don't know. I guess what else could she be doing? And like, she who really be cares, but like me and she inspects stuff before she uses it. I don't even this is try true. to do it. Katie it is a major yeah. inspector of utensils before using them. I'm not putting a dirty spoon in my mouth. <laughs> do you expect them like in your own home? Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And not like inspect, but like, I just have this habit of like looking cause like, I always get the spoon she that has old food something. on it. Mm. I won't eat. Um, <laughs> there are some silverware in our house that has been caught by the garbage disposal, and I won't eat with them because I don't like to feel it on my hands. Yeah. And I also have grown hands, and I hate eating with tiny silverware. Uh, I didn't you go to know. Dairy Queen, don't give me a little spoon. I didn't either. Hands. I was picturing hands growing. <laughs> I know. No, like my, I don't have children. You don't child, have like, hands. Is what you're saying. So like we have two sets of silver, like two sets of forks, and I always go for the long fork because I don't have little hands. Like at Dairy Queen, I don't want a little spoon. Give me the long spoon. Thank you. <laughs> Tiff Welcome has tiny hands. I love those little spoons, and I eat with nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, but you're also significantly tinier than I am. That's true. <sighs> I'm a small person. I'm like a freaking giant sometimes, I feel like. <laughs> I have a really tiny Some random woman. And I was like, oh, I feel massive. He yeah. always makes fun of my pinky because it's really, really tiny. It's so tiny. It's, it's so tiny. I don't have these issues. <laughs> what are we doing? But seriously, like <laughs> Katie's Small Katie's pinky hands. like comes up to here, and mine is so tiny and short. Are both of them? Small? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. look at that. Those are some small pinkies, itty bitty little pinkies. <laughs> anyway, so Mrs. Weasley tells Harry that she wants all the trunks ready tonight so that they don't have their usual morning scramble, and it actually worked. It was a smooth departure in the morning, folks. Yeah, and for everything to just fall apart later in this book. <laughs> well, 
They tried. The calm before the storm. <laughs> um, Fleur kisses Harry on the cheek goodbye. And then Ron tries to get a kiss too, but Jenny trips him. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that is such I mean, a sister thing to do. I was I okay, so I was gonna ask because I'm an only child. So like do do you think that this was a jealous reaction to the fact that Harry got a kiss on the cheek, or is this just a sibling thing? No, it feels very sibling. She wants to make him look dumb. Oh. For sure, okay. sibling. Thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have brothers, so Sarah can answer this better than me, but I would have done that to my sister to make her look like a fool. Like a fool. <laughs> like a fool. <laughs> um, I, I want to say that I would do it, but I probably wouldn't even have thought about it. <laughs> Not that quick. <laughs> if no. I had a sibling, I probably would do that to them. Megan, yes, you would have done that to a stranger. <laughs> Stranger. I'm gonna do it like, to why, you. <laughs> why would she be? Why would she be jealous and have Ron not get a kiss? Just like out is of spite. If she doesn't, does she not want Fleur to kiss Ron? Is that who she's interested? No, I think in? I was thinking just oh like God. out of spite. Sarah Ann, you stop. <laughs> no, no, it's totally a sibling thing because I guarantee you she laughed for a good twenty minutes. <laughs> Aubrey she probably laughed. She probably laughed on the train about it to Dean. <laughs> I tripped him. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey. And Discord said, "Pour one out for Ron's pride." <laughs> That's great. Oh, I'll take a sip. For oh man, I'll take a sip of coffee. Ooh, my whole coaster came up with my mug. Oh my gosh, were you frightened? Uh oh, my computer's gonna die. So there was no. Unfortunately, there was no cheerful Hagrid there to greet them. Just two grim-faced, bearded aurors. I tried to find who these aurors could be, but I, I came up with nothing. I have no idea. They were just two randos. Did the wiki Aura say number th- one? they were aurors <laughs> that took Harry Potter and gang? <laughs> I couldn't even spot. find. I couldn't even find them on the wiki. They I don't, don't know. even get a wiki page. Oh, yeah, grim-faced aurors. Now, the Aurors in the Great Hall had a wiki page, and I was like, who are those fools? I don't even remember yet, so I don't know, but not these guys. Um, So one of the Aurors grabbed Harry by the arm and attempted to steer him towards the barrier, and he very annoyingly, he is very annoyed and says, I can walk, thanks, and jerks his arm out of the grip. I would have done the same thing. I'm like, dude, yeah, I get dude. that you need to be here, yeah, but like, I'm not that. a child. Put hands on Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Not Thank you. Thank you. You're and there, <laughs> and there she was. The Hogwarts Express. What a beaut. That beautiful scarlet steam <laughs> engine. Uh, now. I know. I just love the Hogwarts Express. I just love so it. And Harry motions to Ron and Hermione to follow him onto the platform. Let's go look for an empty compartment. But they're prefix, dude. Did you forget? They can't. They've got duties. Okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh Why did you go all surfer, dude? I don't know. They got duties. They've got duties. So they have duties. to go to a meeting. Got duties, man. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to patrol the train. So poor little Harry is all For on his lonesome. Duties. Yeah, they have duties. to do their duties. But Mrs. Weasley tells them all to hurry up, though, because they only have a few minutes. So all of that smooth departure, and they're still in a rush, rush, rush. I feel like that mm. 
happen to us like well all the time but just the other day like we left on time and then all of a sudden we were late and i was like how did this happen <laughs> understand i can't talk about, i Turn literally i literally cried at tsa i had a panic attack in front of the tsa no it wasn't that moment it oh, was something okay. else but. quite literally cried and they did not give up mm. it's fine you see people like you crying every day <sighs> freaking candy i was like just throw it away we have to go and they're like we can't throw it away i'm like all right well then forget you tsa don't put me on a do not fly list but i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> did you so did you leave on time for your original flight time right, no yeah. that's your first i know mistake. yeah i know i realize that now yeah wait what they they pushed our flight back and we left for that time but then, and they, then they moved it, it back, back up. the original and then we were yeah, late so they usually places will tell you they're like hey Oh, come yeah, I, I read the email it, it after that and, and it that. said that. Yeah. yeah. What is this your first time flying? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I've never you guys in Florida. I've never missed a flight before where I was on my way to the airport and it got delayed. And I was like, whatever. I'm like, I'm already there. I don't really care. And by the time I got to the airport, they switched it back to the original time. Dude, that's stressful. So I was like, look at that. I'm already here. Yeah, and I yeah. will do that in the future. Well, and not I'm only so that, we we actually we actually <laughs> would have been fine for the original flight Uber time if up. Uber didn't totally f us over. Yeah. So it was just a combination of many things. Uber ended up taking forty minutes to get to us, plus an hour drive there. So that was rough. And then yeah. we had chugged a bunch of water to hydrate for our later flight. And, and I had we to pee so bad. I was pee. almost crying in the and car. And then it was earlier. And then we were in the car. And then yeah. it was just added anxiety. It was a great day. It was a great day yesterday. <laughs> 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 I didn't even wait for the guy to get our luggage out of the trunk. I ran into the terminal to go to the bathroom. Like, and I was I'm like, Katie, I'll meet you in there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Anyway, back to the chapter. Oh, excuse me, yawn. Okay. So, you know, they have no time <laughs> running late, and yet Harry still needs to make them waste more time. Not really waste, but he's like, hey, Mr. Weasley, can I have a quick word? Uh, and Mr. Weasley looks a bit surprised, but he says, of course. And they move out of earshot of the others. So this whole little section, I really enjoy how we see that Mr. Weasley really is a father figure to Harry. Harry trusts him. Um, and as I'll talk about later, like, he doesn't, Mr. Weasley, he doesn't judge. Like, he's just, he seems like a really good dad to me. Um, so Harry had thought about it, and he thought, if I'm going to tell anyone about this Malfoy situation, I guess, like, an adult, Mr. Weasley was the right person. One, he works for the ministry. He's he got always the, goes to Mr. Weasley. I love it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, he works for the ministry. Uh, he has the best chance of, like, investigating this behind the scenes. And I... Two, there's not much risk of him exploding at me with anger. I think he'll, like, understand. Um, and I just like this exchange between them. I think it's cute. So I'm just going to read a little bit from the book. So Harry says, when we were in Diagon Alley, Harry began, but Mr. Weasley forestalled him with a grimace. Am I about to discover where you, Ron, and Hermione disappeared to while you were supposed to be in the back room of Fred and George's shop? And Harry's like, how did you... And Mr. Weasley says, Harry, please, you're talking to the man who raised Fred and George. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. And Harry's like, yeah, OK, we were in the back room. <laughs> yeah. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Weasley just says, very well, then let's hear the worst. Like, he's just like, cool, you're real with me. I'm going to be real with you. What do you want to talk about? So Harry does admit 
yeah, we followed Malfoy. We went under my invisibility cloak. And Mr. Weasley doesn't get angry. He doesn't look like skeptical or suspicious. He's such a good father figure. Yeah, he doesn't scold him. He just asks questions. He's like, well, is there a particular reason that you did that? Is it just mere whim? Um, and Harry says, I thought Malfoy was up to something. He'd given his mother the slip and I wanted to know why. And he ignores the fact that Mr. Weasley looks both exasperated and amused. As I feel like any dad would. Um, So Mr. Weasley, again, doesn't seem surprised. He knows Harry pretty well. Sorry, babe. Go ahead. I didn't know if you saw it in the camera. So I moved my hand over to your face. I didn't at all. Thank you. I just want to say that my love of Mr. Weasley balances out my dislike of Mrs. Weasley. Oh my God. I love Mr. Weasley. He's awesome. Wow. He is awesome though. He's a good dude. Sorry guys. Just the more I read about Molly, the more I just like, she's not it. That's okay. <laughs> she's not it. <laughs> um, so Mr. Weasley's not surprised by this information. He knows Harry pretty well. And he just says, of course you did. Did you find out why Malfoy was trying to get away from his mother? So Harry explains the oh, whole... Yeah, I did. He's a death eater. Right. Believe me. Right. <laughs> Harry explains the whole Malfoy thing, how he went to Borgen and Burks. He bullied Mr. Borgen to try and help him fix something. Uh, it seemed that there was a pair of something that needed to be fixed. Then he takes a deep breath because he's about to get to the bottom of what he believes he has figured out. And he's right. Um... He explains that about Malfoy jumping in Madame Malkin's when she touched his arm. And he just says straight out, I think he's been branded with a dark mark. I think he's replaced his father as Death Eater. So Mr. Malfoy isn't even on board with this either. He looks very taken aback, but he doesn't like immediately snap and go like, you're crazy. Like, how could you think that? He takes a moment and then he says, I really doubt that Voldemort would let a 16 year old join his ranks. Again, I don't know why, because this is Voldemort. This Mr. Weasley has lived through a war already. I don't see why he see, wouldn't. I, yeah, I don't understand this. Yeah. Now we're up to three characters who just don't think that he would let a 16... They were literally teenagers when it first started. Why would he not <laughs> right. do it again? Right. And he's only gotten worse. These are my points. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Harry makes a good argument. As he has this whole time, like, I know Harry can go down the little path of far-fetched because he wants to connect connect dots, but he's really, he's got some good evidence behind him this time. Uh, He says, does anyone really know what you know who would or wouldn't do? Mr. Weasley, I'm sorry, but isn't this worth investigating? If Malfoy wants something fixing, and he, what? If Malfoy wants something fixed, and he needs to threaten Borgen to get it done, it's probably something (laughs) dark or dangerous. Uh, and Mr. Weasley just says I doubt it and then he says when Lucius Malfoy was arrested the ministry had raided his house they took everything that might have been dangerous and Harry stands his ground and goes well I think you missed something yes do you think that at this point there was some some sort of corruption in there that allowed things to not be found I would not be surprised Like, I know that clearly, like, the Aurors can still be trusted right now. And, like, not all aspects of the ministry are, what's the word I'm looking for, like, infiltrated. Um, But I wonder if, like, there was someone that missed something. 
But can the Aurors be trusted? I mean, a handful of Aurors are Death Eaters, like Dalish. You know what yeah. I mean? There are people throughout. Like, but when I would did assume it start that going they sour? know who at this point. They know who's safe and who's not. Oh. You I know what I'm saying? saying? I see what you're saying. I mean, at this moment in time, I think it's true, but it's going to change quickly. That's my opinion on it. But. I don't know. Uh, is Dalish an actual Death Eater or is he a sympathizer that worked with Pink Lady? Umbridge. <clears throat> Could not Pink think of her Lady. name. Pink <laughs> Lady. Um. <laughs> Let's see what the wiki uh, says. That's a good question. It says that he continued to serve as <clears throat> Orr under the new regime, helping the imprisonment of Muggleborns and assisting the Death Eater controlled ministry. He was charged with transporting Muggleborn wizards, um, tried by the Muggleborn Registration Commission to ask Caban. So, like, it, I don't know if he actually has a mark, but he's not a good person at all. So he's, like, on par with, like, Narcissa and Umbridge and people like that. So on the uh, wiki, it says indirectly loyal to the Death Eaters. So I would assume, yeah, so he's just a sympathizer. Got it. A sympathizer. Pink lady. Still trash. Got it. Sympathizer, sympathizer, sympathizer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I said a oh. <laughs> I appreciate it. Free Britney. <sighs> um, so Harry tells Mr. Weasley that, thinks that they missed something, and Mr. Weasley says maybe, but Harry can tell that he's just humoring him. Uh, the train whistles, so Harry's time is up. But again, I just want to like really say how cool it is that Mr. Weasley doesn't blow up in his face. He doesn't tell him he's crazy. He just has a calm, even though he doesn't believe him in the end, there's a calm conversation where like, well, why do you think that? What evidence do you have? Like, you know, just a back and forth that's um, productive as opposed to just a shutdown. Shut it down. Shut it down. I just appreciate him. He's a solid dude. As most people are They're made not of solid materials. is where you're going. <laughs> so really quick before we go on, somebody, a couple people, yes. Runal Waslib and there was somebody else that didn't... Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't dollish, imperialist. So he was confunded by somebody in the order to confuse the Death Eaters with a false trail about the departure of Harry from Privet Drive. Yaxley did extract information from him. Um, and then it says he continued to serve as an or under the new regime when Pious Thickness was minister, helping in the imprisonment of Muggleborns and assisting the Death Eater-controlled ministry, does not say anything about him being imperialist. It says Pious Thickness was under the imperious curse. However, he still had effects of the Confundus charm um, that was placed on him. And it never says that he was actually imperialist he was just confunded so i would say that that qualifies him to be a sympathizer i'm also confunded i'm always confunded <laughs> let's always. be honest <sighs> so harry gets on the pl not the plane <laughs> i got off the plane he gets on the train um but he's like saying goodbye to the weasleys 
of the parental variety. So Miley lets him know that, like, hey, it's all sorted. You're coming to the borough for Christmas. Uh, Dumbledore knows. Blah, blah, blah. We'll see you then. It won't be too much longer. Um, and then, like, he's shutting the door, and then she's running after the train, and she's, like, telling him, like, look after yourself, be good, and stay safe. I'm like, that's a cute little mom mm-hmm. thing to do. So now he's on the train. He's figuring that, like, Ron and Hermione have to go wherever, you know, the prefix students go and, like, do their duties. Work. And he's. <laughs> their duties. <laughs> and he sees Ginny up ahead. So he goes to get her and he asks her if she wants to, like, find a compartment together. But she's like, oh, I already told Dean that, like, I'll go sit with him or whatever. And so then, like, Harry's kind of reminded that they don't really hang out at Hogwarts. So, like, reading a little blurb from the book, it says, He felt a strange twinge of annoyance as she walked away, her long red hair dancing behind her. He had become so used to her presence over the summer that he had almost forgotten that Ginny did not hang around him, Ron, and Hermione while at school. Someone's catching He's the feels. in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You both sang. because <laughs> we're beautiful singers, Ginny. Are you jealous? <laughs> Silence. Um, so while he's like walking towards her he's like realizing that like everybody is kind of looking at him more um and he's like kind of realizing he's like oh he kind of figured people were going to be looking at him but now like with that article coming out and calling him the chosen one and like now knowing like what happened at the ministry everyone wants like oh look there's harry potter like let me stare out the window at you like you're it's like like he's almost like a caged animal while they're staring out the compartment windows. And I said, like, what a difference a year makes, because last year was the year that, like, it came out where he and Dumbledore were like, Voldemort's back. All of these things happened. And he was basically ostracized because of what he was saying was true. And it is true. And now people a year later are know that he's back, that other people have seen him. And so they're able to they're now being like oh he is the chosen one he was able to like help defeat in that little battle whatever you know and he was part of it um and i said like people are kind of viewing him almost godlike now Ooh. so then behind him um he hears neville and so he turns he's like hello neville <laughs> hello neville <laughs> i don't even know if hello, he's Neville. You don't got no doties, um, do you? Luna's like right behind him. Dude. Well, he doesn't even say, I think he just says like Neville. I don't even think he's just hello, Neville. Doesn't ask Neville how he's doing. Sees Luna and he's like, Luna, how are you? And then he's like, how's the quibblers? It's still going strong. Like, why aren't you asking Neville these things? Do you not care about your friend? God. Um, and so if you remember that he did that interview with Rita Skeeter the year before and it was published inside the Quibbler and it was all about like what had happened and all of those things. And naturally now people, because they, that article came out then they wanted to buy the Quibbler and it became like more of a thing. And so she's like, yeah, she's like a lot of our, um, lot more people are buying now because of that. And like, you know, Harry Potter was in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like teen beat. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, oh gosh so harry has them all go find seats together and neville points out that people are looking at them he's like oh people are looking at me and luna like because we're with you harry and harry's like uh but you both were at the ministry of magic where it was proven that Voldemort and speck he's like you they're looking at you they're not looking at you because of me because you guys were both there you know what i think of. um he's like you must have seen it in the paper and i like that this kind of whole section 
of being on the train right now is like a little bit of a refresh. It's a refresh that like, yes, Harry's been spending time with Ron, Harry, or obviously spends time with himself because he is him. <laughs> but like Ron and Hermione and Ginny have all been spending time together while they're at the borough. But like just a refresher that like he doesn't hang out with her or God bless America. He does not hang out with Ginny at Hogwarts that much. And then kind of getting a refresher of like, he is friends with Neville and Luna now, more so after like everything that happened specifically like with Luna, I would say, um, and kind of gearing us up for the, this new year with them and a refresh of the Quibbler article of the minister stuff going on at the Ministry of Magic. Yes, Tiffany. What's the guy that sings or not? What's the guy? Who's the guy that sings really super famous, super famous. Oh, super John famous. Lajoie. <laughs> Very super famous. <laughs> you are not. So you are poop. Oh, bleep word s word for poop s word for for poop (laughs) yes so basically it's kind of a reminder of harry to school relationships aka Ginny, is what i wrote and then so this is what ron or this is what neville says he says yes i thought gran would be angry about all the plebis i can't say this word publicity there you go that's a that's a word i struggle saying it's a hard one said neville but she was really pleased. She says, I'm starting to live up to my dad at long last. She bought me a new wand. Look. And Neville. Tiffany, if you don't put that line in, in the next episode, you and I are fighting. <laughs> but I just want to say this because I hate this for him. And what I mean by that is I hate that his grand makes him feel like the only thing, the only way that he is worthy is when he's doing something like this, where he went and he risked his life to fight for what was right and to help his friends. And I think that's great. I love Neville. He is one of my favorite characters. And I think that some people underestimate him because yes, it is great that he is a brave young man and willing to do what he did, but he was also brave in his first year when he was trying to stop his friends from getting that stone and like breaking all of those school rules. Mm -hmm. So it's just frustrating for me that he has to live with someone that only now thinks that he's worthy enough to get his own wand. When like, think of how different his schooling might've been if he had gotten his own wand from jump. And I think that is a wonderful thing that he was able to have his father's wand and use it. But also, the wand chooses you, and it might have been, it just is, it's better to have your own wand. And I don't think that Neville doesn't need to be exactly like his father or to be really super talented with a wand to be a worthy person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of the expectations she is putting on him is that, oh, now you're doing all these things, and now you can finally have my love and my appreciation and like, I'm proud of you kind of a thing, where before she, they all just kind of thought, he was a dud kind of which is frustrating because realistically he's proven from jump that he's not any of those things like he's a great friend he is brave i mean think about the fact that his bogart turned into snape and he faced him every single day Mm -hmm. like come on Mm -hmm. yeah you talk down to neville come find me i'll meet fight you in the parking lot of a walmart (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, i love neville so much <laughs> Me too. He he has quickly um, topped the ranks of like my favorite characters during this whole swish adventure. Yeesh. 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 Well, I do enjoy him. Megan. And his wonderful face. 
Did Slytherin win again? It's not time I yet. Know, it's not time but yet. We have to do the lightning bolt round mm. first, got, and then we'll know. We got time. So let me go in here. I did. I did actually pull a couple of these like while we were recording and just asked them. So sorry if there's not that many, but I, they would like fit well with the conversation. So I just did it. That's okay. Um, I just did it. <laughs> okay. So the first one is from Morgan. Do you think the Order of the Phoenix battle had a role in Ron's character development? He seems different in Half Blood Prince than in Order of the Phoenix. Say it again. <laughs> Morgan asks, "Do you think the Order of the Phoenix battle had a role in Ron's character development? He seems different in Half Blood Prince than in Order of the Phoenix." I think it it was a change for everyone involved. Honestly, wait, say it again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Are we ready to hear the question? Yes, I will listen. For the fourth time. Okay. Morgan asks, (laughs) do you think that that the Order of the Phoenix battle had a role in Ron's character development? Because he seems different in Half-Blood Prince than in Order of the Phoenix. How does he seem different? I think he seems more mature, but I'm not really sure. In my opinion, I'm not sure if it's the battle or if it's just... He has feelings for Hermione and is trying to be more mature to well, get gives, her attention. When does he? Oh, he gives him that book this year. Didn't he just this give it to year. him? Yeah. So I think maybe I think he's trying to grow up a little bit, maybe. And maybe he's thinking that Hermione is pretty mature. So maybe if I agree with her, I'll be a little more grown up. <laughs> <laughs> But he, I will say, like, in this conversation, in this part of the chapter, it does seem like more than just agreeing with Hermione. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that that doesn't play a role. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it was character development for everyone involved, honestly. Like, that's a big thing to go through and it bonded them all. It's a traumatic thing to go through and everyone was pretty hurt. Yeah. I mean, like, literally Hermione almost died. Ron almost died. Yes, I think that that would change anyone. So I think it's just a combination of they went through a traumatic event and uh, they're also growing up. That was the most traumatic end of school year event that they've gone through for sure. I think. Yeah. I mean, they're all pretty traumatic, but like I feel like that was that was the worst because it was like truly a battle. It wasn't. It was like the first time they were all involved. yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times they would like drop out and it would end with just Harry, you know? Just Harry. Just Harry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one still kind of ended with just Harry. It did, but only because they literally all got injured, which is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Neville hung around the whole time. This is true. Ne- Everyone Neville's was almost BA. dead, so, you know. That's fine. Um. Okay, next question. Truffle, if you could choose anyone from the Harry Potter universe to be your bridesmaid, who would they be? Hagrid. Mm. Dude, that'd <laughs> I be love awesome. That. All right. I think he'd be a good one. Let me think of another answer. Dumbledore. <laughs> he's dead. Well, in I a think, world where he's alive, you able. I think that Tonks <laughs> would be a fun bridesmaid. Tonks would be fun. For sure. Who do you think would get, like, I, maybe one of the Weasley brothers, like Fred or George, would be 
a riot at a yeah, wedding. Yeah, like imagine them giving a speech. Oh my yeah. god. That'd be fun. Aragog. <laughs> King of the arachnids. Uh, he's dead too. Man. Katie, do you have one? Remus. He'd be the uh, Yeah, I was like, no. Luna would more than a bridesmaid. Oh, Luna would be fun. Luna Luna be imagine great. Luna and Tonks yeah. together. That'd be crazy. You'd have mm-hmm. like dirigible plum decorations and then the weird sisters playing as your band. It'd be cool. Yep. Uh anybody else? Anybody else? Dumbledore, Hagrid. Okay. Yeah. Um Aragog. What? I said Aragog. <laughs> <laughs> this could this could get dirty. What? Oh. Nope, Robe asks, make up a dream Harry could have had about him and Ginny together. (laughs) That's for one time she had a that's for a Felix Files episode. (laughs) He had a dream that she tied his shoelace. Oh my god. You're so weird. Uh, He had a dream that they were riding on (laughs) the broomstick to the soundtrack song from Aladdin, (laughs) A Whole New World. He had a dream that he was riding a dragon and it really impressed Ginny. And then they smooched on the Quidditch And then he, and then and he, then got, he a got a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> he was riding a dragon or was she riding the dragon? I don't know. She was. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Magic you. by Phoenix asks, the first time reading this, did you think Draco was a Death Eater? I already answered this yeah. and I said, yes, I did. Yeah. I don't remember, to be honest. I don't re- totally remember, but I want to say yes. Katie, you and I follow That's how for I feel. Everything. Yeah. Katie, you usually, all the other times, you've always like fallen for what we were supposed to fall for with us. So I feel like you yeah. probably did. Yeah. Yeah. But like, is it falling for it when like. When it was right? Was when it yeah. just makes sense? It was real. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Last question is from Truffle. Would you believe Harry or question his motive about Malfoy like Mr. Weasley? I would. I mean, I I thought he was, so I would believe him. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I would like to have approached it like Mr. Weasley did, but I would want to take it a little more seriously. Like, you know, even if I don't believe you, I, I'll still see what I can do and look into it. Like, clearly you feel Very strongly, strongly about this. So, like, let's make sure we look into it. Yeah. And... These are dark times. There's no denying. All right. Like, don't leave any stone unturned. (laughs) Yeah. Dark times. Because guess what? If they would have derailed this earlier, you know, maybe Hogwarts wouldn't have been infiltrated. Well, well, well. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda. It's all Mr. Weasley's fault because Harry came to him and he didn't believe him. (sighs) Uh, All right. Well, bingo. Anybody get bingo? Nobody got bingo. Hmm. Well, who and won I'm the house happy cup? to announce that Slytherin has won the house cup. What? I'm over you. You're it was, sick in me. It was pretty close though between Slytherin and Ravenclaw. Ravenclaws, you just got you just gotta be more active in the chat. I mean, come on, what you doing? It was really all pretty tried. I mean, it was all pretty close. Everything was within 40 points, so. Gryffindor Whatever. and Hufflepuff tied for third with 150. Ravenclaw got 160 and Slytherin got 190. So, all like, right, clearly, right, 
no cheating involved. Just saying. Or is it just sure. subtle cheating? <laughs> Maybe we just know how to do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who wants a fan story? It was close. That me. I want a fan story. Let's go. I want okay. it now. This fan story comes from Anna Leedon. Anna Leedham, I apologize, from February of 2020. Good afternoon, Megan, Katie, Tiffany, and Sarah. My name is Anna, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I wanted to share my Potter story with you lovely ladies. Please see attached. Thank you, and don't let the muggles get you down. So Anna says, hello, ladies. My name is Anna, and I don't have your typical Potter story, but I thought I'd share it with you. Before I jump in, I'm a proud Slytherin. Woo! My wand is Hazelwood with a unicorn hair core, 10 and a quarter inches. Unbending flexibility, and my Patronus is a dolphin. Woo, woo, woo! Which I'm not crazy about, but... I thought you were going to do a dolphin noise. I don't know if I can. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I'm not crazy about, but with dolphins being one of the most intelligent creatures on the planet, I guess I should take this as a compliment. That's how I feel, too. Anyway, on to my Potter story. I was seven years old when Harry first came into my life. My two younger brothers and I had a school vacation coming up, so my mom went to the store to look for some activities for us while we were home. She came home with the first two movies on VHS, yes, for us to watch that week. I fell in love immediately. I love the story and the magic, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever that there was an entire school devoted to learning magic. I spent hours every day playing Hogwarts and wishing that an owl would bring me a letter when I turned 11. I'm sad to say that I never did receive my letter from Hogwarts, not in the tangible sense anyway. I continued to watch the movies as they came out, but even though I knew about them, I didn't pick up a Harry Potter book until I was in middle school, the time when I truly developed my love for reading. I went through them as fast as I could get my hands on them, absorbing even more of the world I had fallen in love with from the films. I couldn't believe that a book could transport me somewhere so fully and in such a better way. I'll never forget going to get Deathly Hollows and having my nose stuck in it for two days for two days just constantly reading absorbing the conclusion to my favorite story harry I gave me that. i know harry mm-hmm. gave me my love of reading to the point where i decided to get my degree in english when i went to college but sadly when i went to school i unintentionally fell out of the wizarding world i met my ravenclaw husband even though he didn't know he was at the time we met in college and we married the summer after graduation when he decided he wanted to pursue law school our last semester of undergrad he began looking at schools in florida just one week after after our July 30th wedding, Neville's birthday, we found ourselves moving into our new Orlando apartment. Just about two months after that, I found myself working at Universal Orlando, and I fell back into the Wizarding World in one of the greatest ways. Well, that's awesome. That is awesome. Did you work in the Wizarding World? I want to know. Yeah, hmm. I want to know, too. Now, four years later, we live just south of Tampa, and I'm starting to share Harry with my 10-week-old little girl. Oh! <gasps> That means that, that, like means that she's over a year old. She's been listening to Swish and Flick with me since she was born. Since before she was born, I found Swish and Flick early in my third trimester, and we've been listening and trying to catch up ever since. We're still about a hundred mm-hmm. episodes behind the latest. Tiffany just had her baby, and the episodes we're currently on, <laughs> but we're loving every minute of it. You ladies make my day a little brighter and give me a few more laughs. You are with my little one and I when I get her up, dressed and fed for the morning, and when I give her a bath at bedtime. You bring such a great perspective of the beautiful work that Roland created for us all. 
and you make real-time life a little brighter. Thank mm. you so much for all you do to bring together this wonderful community of Swishers. I am so glad to be a part of it. I love that. Aww. I love that. Such thank a good you. story. Anna, thank I you. I will tell you that <clears throat> my niece informed me today. She goes, <laughs> my birthday is in June. She goes, I'm going to be four on my birthday. <laughs> I'll be four. I'll be turning four on my birthday. I'm like, oh, you will? <laughs> I'm going to be 31 um, tomorrow. Yeah, you Welcome are. Welcome to the club. Right? You're so old. It makes me sick. Disgusting. <laughs> I'll be 31 and a half. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which I keep oh thinking God. that I am 32 and I don't know why. All right. <laughs> I said it twice where someone asked me, I'm like, well, I'm 32. And they're like, no, you're not. And I was like, what? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't. What? I don't know why. Oh, goodness. Give me a joke, Katie. Yes, All right. Give me a joke. Why wasn't Voldemort at the Yule Ball? Oh, gosh. Because he I was don't getting know. a pedicure. No, because he had no body to go with. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <sighs> I looked up book jokes. I also looked up men jokes, but they're probably not. I mean, they're fine to us, <laughs> but other people might get offended. <laughs> okay, well, after this episode is over, you should tell us some, because I want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so why are books so afraid of their sequels? Because they always come after them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, what, what did the man say when a book fell on his head? I only have my shelf to blame. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Why why is a math book always unhappy? Because it has problems. Because it has yes, <laughs> so many problems. Oh my uh, gosh. Uh, why does a ghost need so many books? Because it goes through them so quickly. <laughs> I wish that I could take in a book like that. Just like walk through it and then I absorb all the information. Dude, that'd be cool. That'd be neat. This is me. Why did the girl keep buying so many books? Because she had no shelf control. <laughs> that is Just me like as the well. Sticker Carrie got for us. Thanks, Carrie. Shout out to Carrie. Yeah. Oh goodness. All right. Make sure that you follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Twitter and Instagram at the Peaches Family. Tiffany is on Instagram at Tiff Swish underscore Flick, and Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. What am I doing? Thank you for asking. <laughs> I have... <laughs> um, so as of this recording, um, the Muppets Haunted Mansion came out on Disney+. Haunted. Plus. haunted. It's haunted and scary. I've been living here too long. Um, <laughs> came out on Disney+. Plus. It is free, by the way. You don't have to like buy anything extra. It's about 50 minutes long. And I have to say, it is absolutely amazing. I love it. Can't wait. And I can't wait to watch it again. I will probably. I can't wait to watch it. Maybe we'll watch it tonight. You should. It is so good. Honestly, like the nods it gives to the ride, and I'm not going to spoil it or, or anything. Like, but one of the nods made me tear up. If you know anything about the haunted mansion and its history, and Darren and Chris is in it, right? I. Th- think so <laughs> she probably doesn't know who that is, is that the, i think it's it's a person that sings right <laughs> he does, he does sing. sing yeah well people kept saying whoa his voice and i'm like yeah he's good i don't know who he is 
Um, but told you. Great voice. <laughs> He's but from I, a I very Potter musical. Get it together. She's never seen it. No, and no, Glee. And Glee. I don't think did the, you watch Glee, Tiffany. No, but I know who they're talking about. He's in the very beginning in the end. So cool. He's good. Anywho. Yeah, I he loved is. It. I absolutely loved it. It made me laugh. Oh, so good. It was like that classic Muppets humor. I was, I don't know. It was just perfect. And then. I'm excited. That's awesome. Today, these are all very recent updates. Today, I built the Polyjuice Potion scene, um, the Lego set. It was really, really quick to build, but it was a lot of fun. There's like a little toilet. It's so cute. <laughs> and. Little toilets. Little toilets. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I am so close, so close to being done um, with the third Wheel of Time book. Uh, it's called The Dragon Reborn. I think I have less than four hours left because I've been listening to it on Audible. Something big's about to happen, so I'm ready for it. And... I haven't really been like sitting down and reading a physical book lately. I read a chapter of the discovery of witches yesterday, but I've just been kind of doing some other things. It is what it is. And that's uh, me. You guys talked about what you've been doing all in the weekly profit, <laughs> but I didn't True. talk about Disneyland. I just talked about the studio tour. Oh my God. Um, that. So Katie and I just got back from our five-year anniversary trip to Disneyland. It was so, so good. I love Disneyland so much. Like, I mean, obviously we love Walt Disney World because we moved down to Orlando to be close to it. But there's just something. There is just something about Disneyland. It's like more nostalgic. It's more charming. It's... It's more of what Walt's vision for Disney was because he actually like touched it. You know what I mean? Like he was there from start to finish and after for Disneyland. Um, and you can tell. And I think that because of that, they're thankfully scared to change some things at Disneyland. And I'm OK with that. It just it reminds me of Disney when I was a kid, and I think that's why I love it so much. Like, there's so many more dark rides. Disney World has gotten rid of so many original attractions, I feel like, and Disneyland um, really hasn't. I mean, they've gotten rid of some, obviously, but there's just more there. Um, I'm not to say that there are not versions of the attractions at Walt Disney World that are better, because I think that there are some. We rate them a lot. I do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Disneyland is just something special to me. And I I really had a great time. And I also I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I freaking love California Adventure. So like, I. I know that when it was first built, I people really hated unpopular. it. Yeah. It used to be a lot less than what it is now. This is true. Yeah. And I, I actually had gone to California Adventure before they did the revamp. So I saw the the entrance where it was like the big letters that said California where like the entrance basically looked like a postcard. And I thought that that was really cool. But I also really like the new the new entrance. And right now it's all dolled up with a boogie over the entrance and it looks all spooky and cool and 
Um, the only thing I missed was World of Color. Yeah. I wish that we could have oh, seen yeah. World of Color, but it's not back yet. And actually, the lagoon that World of Color takes place in was drained. So they're doing no. like some work on it right now. I think. I wonder Hopefully that means it's going to come back. I hope it so. It probably means that they're doing some like more with it, right? You would think. I hope so. Or at least just, you know, if there was anything not working because it hasn't been used in a while, they're just like yeah, sprucing it up, fixing it up, getting ready for it to come back. But um, yeah, I like want to make this a yearly. Now that we live down in Florida and I don't feel like I have to use all of my vacation time to come to Walt Disney World, I want to make Disneyland like a yearly thing. Because I just really, I just really enjoyed it. And it like gave me that super magical Disney vacation feel that I feel like we haven't had in a while because we haven't necessarily like vacationed to Disney in a while, which I'm so grateful for because we get to experience it all the time. But it Mm -hmm. was just like it made it that like special feeling of a vacation. It's cool. We still have another Disney place to do that at. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Did our trip feel like a vacation? It did. Yeah. We yeah, it did. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Disneyland was freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, everything was Halloween there, and I was literally living my best life. We Disneyland went to, does Halloween better oh, they than do it Disney so much World. Better. I'm just saying. I'm we went, just saying. <laughs> we went to the Oogie Boogie Bash, and it was everything I wanted and more so awesome we dressed up as pain so and panic and it was so fun we got to meet meg yeah we met that was meg. cool as pain and panic um we met a couple people who were dressed as hades so that was kind of cool yeah <sighs> oh my um, god and we met ian and barley lightfoot that was so that cool was awesome. there were Miguel. so many like rare characters out like i feel like disney world has kind of done away with like super random rare characters coming out they just stick to like the classics which is fine because that's like what most people want to see but i think that that's like one thing that makes disneyland a little special is that like you never know who you're going to run into like we ran into miguel from coco that was really awesome and i literally was like <gasps> Meg, it's miguel <laughs> she was so excited. we like ran over there and you just like never know who's going to come out yeah like the evil queen came out with snow white just like on a regular day at disneyland they were like, that was so cool they were like interacting mm-hmm. with each other yeah it was awesome um yeah i just had a really awesome awesome what about time. that holiday overlay girl <gasps> okay my absolute favorite thing that disney has ever 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 done is the holiday haunted mansion holiday overlay at Disneyland, it completely transforms. I'm sure I've talked about this a million times. Completely transforms into a Nightmare Before Christmas ride, and it's so well done. You would believe it's a completely different ride. And it's it so just, good. Like, feels like it's meant to be a nightmare attraction. Like it doesn't feel oh. like it's the haunted mansion Simply with some. Meant to be. <laughs> yeah, it's literally incredible. And we got to ride it twice. That was really cool. It's a pretty long wait because it's very popular and jack and sally were out like meeting and greeting at the haunted mansion mansion. on the top level it was so cool we freaked out it was awesome Um, last thing we did the canoes oh my god yeah (laughs) so like i think that disney world used to have these but disneyland has the davy crockett canoes and you like literally are in a canoe and you paddle like around a workout island and they're so funny the people who work it because they're like 
don't stop rowing and they like yell at everybody the whole time because he was, he was like you chose to do this now you know why the wait was so short <laughs> so funny but it was really fun yeah it was a good time well so i was gonna say something else oh yeah we celebrated our fi- five-year anniversary so that was very special and awesome and my birthday's tomorrow so we also ran into Sarah on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. She scared the crap out of us. You they scared didn't. the crap yeah. out of me. <laughs> yeah, they they were not kissing. They kissed, and I was like, this is a family place. <laughs> <laughs> like, perfect timing. And it was funny, because we had literally just been texting, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like, there she was. I, she, I think I had sent, a, I sent a text. I looked up, and they were right there. <laughs> She like took the creepiest picture of them and like sent yeah. it in our group text. A wild Petrus family appears. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. So I also <laughs> was in California. <laughs> we had a good time. We went to Universal. It was great. We went to Disneyland and California Adventure. We had a really good time. My sister really loves um, Nightmare Before Christmas, so she really wanted to see that. So we did it. I enjoyed it. Um, what else did we do? We rode the Millennium Falcon, We, which I really liked. I was a pilot. Um, I didn't do so great. <laughs> pilot is so tough. Pilot is hard. I, I don't so like tough. being the pilot. It's like too much stress. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ate some Ronto wraps. They were delicious. I ate some beignets. They were delicious. Had some Dole Whip. Delicious. What else did I eat? Oh my God, we, we ate, ate a lot so of churros. Oh my God. We ate a lot of churros. They're so good there. All of them were great. Um, had some gray stuff. Mm-hmm. It's popcorn. delicious. Don't believe me? It's the dishes. We had a wonderful time. We stayed there till it closed almost. I think we left at like nine thirty. We wanted to ride Space Mountain, but it got closed. It was closed, and then I think it reopened before the park closed. But we weren't staying. Disney World's space is better. True. You would have just lost your phone anyway. <sighs> true. This is true. It's probably true. Um. And then when we went to California Adventure, like, had I known they were only open till 6, I probably would have switched the days that we had gone, but it was fine. We kind of did everything we wanted to do. Um, we, I, I don't love roller coasters um, and, like, rides and stuff. We only went on, I think, three or four at California Adventure. We got tickets to ride the Web Slinger. Which, um, that's an arm workout, my friends. Yes, it is. That is an arm workout. I really liked it, though. I kind of, oh, I liked website. it, but I kind of wanted it to move more. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. Um, but it was good. And then my sister made me ride the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, breakout thing. Um, and I hated that ride as the Tower of Terror. And it's the exact same ride. It just has, like, been redone. So, like, the theming is different. So you still go up and down. So, like, the part I hate about it the most, I should say, because also I don't like the ghosts from when it's Tower of Terror. Um, I was like, fine, I'll go on it. I don't know genuinely if I was crying or if I, my eyes were just watering. Um, it oh might have been God. both. <laughs> <laughs> and she, we would have gone on it again if we if we didn't have to leave by six we probably would have gone on it again because by the time like it reopened because it does another it's like you have to save Groot and there's like monsters for like the evening part of yeah. it yeah um we by the time we were like leaving it and because we like had to it was almost six um 
the line was like an hour wait. I don't like waiting. The original one is better so, than the yeah, Monsters yeah. After Dark. Yeah, the original one is better. But yeah. like the Monsters After Dark one is so cool. We actually yeah. didn't ride that ride yeah. at all that day. We tried we it. We just, just missed out. Just, yeah, I'm trying to think. We rode Monsters and there was another thing we rode, I think. Um, Monsters Inc.? I can't even remember. Did you see yeah, Roz? We Monsters Inc. <laughs> Roz yeah. at the end. I thought of you. <laughs> I recorded it. I actually, I meant to send it yeah. to you guys. I recorded it. Maybe we just rode those three things. I'm trying to think of what else we rode. Did you do Incredicoaster? No. They had talked about it. They didn't go. Incredicoaster was good. Um, it was. We had a good time. Ate great food. Then, like, on Friday, we went to San Diego. We had an excellent lunch. We went to a few bookstores. Um, I bought How many books, books did you we buy? We went to this one. I only bought four total the trip for myself. Wow. I bought oh, five because I bought my goddaughter a book. Um, but we went to this place called the Book Catapult. And it's like in, I think, South Park is the area, which is super cute area. The bookstore was super cute. Um and I'm grateful that my sister and her friend Scott let me drag them around to book. Well, really, Scott was driving, but drag them around to bookstores. Then we went to Warwick's down in La Jolla. And then we went um, to La Jolla, like, Cove. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. So we, like, walk down there and I hear, like, this screeching. And I'm thinking, like, what person is yelling like this? Like, how annoying. They were sea lions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, we walked down to the cove. I put my feet in the ocean. It was very, very cold, and my pants got wet. And then we went back. Um, and but we had a like it was such a good day. We had fun down there. Um, what else did we do? And then we just kind of like drove around LA on yesterday, like the day we left. And we went to the last bookstore. I didn't buy any books, um, but it was really cool. So if you're ever in the area, like. The main floor, like, when you first walk in, is all, like, books, and I think they have vinyls, and um, and then the second floor has more books, but they also have, like, a lot of art installation, and they also have, like, artist, like, little shops, and they've That's got cool. art on the wall. Um, it was really cool, so I recommend going and looking um, there. And then I stopped, when we went to the airport, I they had a book soup bookstore, and I bought two books from them. And then I read three books while I was there. Um, Finished the Song of Achilles. Y'all, such a good book. It was such a good book. Um, it kind of ripped my heart out. But I knew once I realized, like, it, once I remembered what the story of, like, Achilles was, I was like, oh, this is how it's going to end. So I didn't, like, read the ending, but I know the storyline of it. Um, so I totally recommend it. Did I cry while reading it? No. But I cried when I finished. <laughs> I closed and I was like, I'm going to cry now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. And then I read From Here to Eternity, Traveling the World to Find the Good Death, which is by Caitlin Doty. And she's the one that has like, um, it's like the something mortician is her. Let me see if it's on here. Um, she like has a YouTube series. She is a mortician. Her, she, her, uh, uh, a funeral home is in LA, which is like, oh, we were like right by there because we, of course, went to a cemetery to walk around because we had nothing to do on Saturday. Um, but it was just kind of like her experience of like, I've read her other book that's called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Um, and it was just kind of like her talking to other 
people like around the world and like how they either like bury their dead or like um they cremate their bodies or like how their kind of death practices are um which is really interesting because i read that other book like the party's dead like two months ago so it was like there were similar things in this one like where they went to similar places um i just find it kind of fascinating and then i read other books that are like just essentially romance novels which are also you know they were light read not light reads they were quick reads <laughs> and enjoyable and that's my life i have nothing else going on and i'm excited to say that i'm not going anywhere for weeks which is a wonderful thing for me <laughs> to enjoy the just home settle life. down yes yeah okay so for shoelaces in disney <laughs> <laughs> yes and Sarah's <laughs> books <laughs> oh, that concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down <gasps> amazing my <laughs> I knew that that was really going to happen very <laughs> good okay. third time's a charm am I right ouch Tiffany, I was born ready. You are a liar. <laughs> Accurate. I'm very tired, but I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, then Amateur. there was this other... <laughs> I know. Amateur hour over here. But yeah, so, and then the teenth insert... Um, you know. Jeez, oh, Foxy. <laughs> Beater. Bye, Swishers.